Welcome to the Father Jim Willig Gospel Teachings Podcast, presented by Heart to Heart Catholic Media Ministry. Father Jim was a well-known and much-loved diocesan priest from Cincinnati, Ohio. Inspired by God's Word, for many years, Father Jim presented a weekly Bible study on the Sunday Gospels. In 2001, Father Jim went home to the Lord after a battle with cancer, but his recordings and teachings live on to inspire thousands. First, we hear from Father Jim's good friend, Jesuit priest, Father Michael Sparrow, who opens this podcast by proclaiming the gospel reading. Then, Father Jim's illuminating gospel teaching follows. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of David his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom There will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. I read the story this past week about a young boy who was shining shoes outside of Grand Central Station in New York City. And as he was shining these shoes with his cloth, going back and forth over this big black shoe at his chin in front of him, there was this little metal that was dangling from his neck. And the man whose shoes he was shining was absorbed by this metal and finally said to the little boy, uh... Son, what is that metal around your neck? And the boy responded, 
It's the medal of Jesus' mother, Mary. And the man looked at the little boy and said, Son, why would you have a medal of her? There is no difference between her and your mother. A little surprised, the young boy looked up and simply said, That may be, but there sure is a big difference between their sons. <laughs> that young boy had good diplomacy, and I would suggest he had a good theology. Because on the one hand, we want to remember that Mary was human, like you and like me. On the other hand, I think we want to remember that God had chosen her specially to be the mother of Jesus and thus holds a special place of honor in all of human history. I want to say today that as I look out and observe people and particularly some Christian sentiment on different things such as devotion to Mary, I observe that there are two extremes I would caution us to avoid. The first extreme that I have noticed among some Christian people are those who place Mary on such a high pedestal that they forget her words that she was the lowly servant of the Lord. And they seem to present her on such center stage and in such a bright spotlight that I think no one would be more upset with that than Mary herself. Would you agree? It seems that some people almost suggest that she's a type of goddess, to which I think would be idolatry and blasphemy. And although their intentions may be very good, they could miss the most important virtue of Mary, which was her humility, that always, as mother of Jesus, wants to lead us to her son Jesus. And I would caution us against being so overly zealous or pious that we forget Mary's role, which is to bring Christ to us. On the other hand, I observe among Christian people today, some who want to place Mary in the back closet and want to practically forget about her and not show her any place of honor because they insist we must pray to Jesus, we must focus exclusively on Jesus, and it is wrong to look to anybody else. I think that is another extreme and mistake because if we are to imitate Jesus, then did not the Lord himself honor his mother and present her as, I think, the very first and finest disciple of his? And I think we really miss the point and upset the Lord if we do not give to Mary the recognition of her significant role in salvation history, not just 
to make it a historic moment of the past, but how I think she can help us and lead us as any good mother here would intercede for their children. I can't tell you how many mothers I have come up to me and says, Father, pray with me for my son, my daughter who's away from church and I think neglecting his religion. And I think, boy, that person, that child is blessed with a blessed mother. And it's through their prayers of intercession and their inspiration, I think, that I hope that child will come back to the Lord and to his church. So I think that is the case with Mary. So I suggest we just need to keep it in a balance and in a perspective. And I suggest that the way for us to look at Mary and regard Mary and her significant role is to carefully and prayerfully study this gospel of this Sunday on Mary's Annunciation. And then I would suggest out of this text and in this context, we will come to what I hope will be a truly theological and ecumenical balance of a proper devotion and attention to Mary, avoiding either of the two extremes I previously mentioned. So allow me to lead us in a brief reflection on this gospel of the Annunciation. It begins, as you recall, by the angel Gabriel being sent by God to a town of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. This brief background information is critically important because, first of all, it establishes twice in this two-sentence introduction the mention of Mary as a virgin. This is critical to our, the Christian tradition that holds Mary's virginity, which sets the stage for establishing Jesus' divinity, so that we know from the start this child to be born of Mary is no human child, but conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is an extremely important point. It is why we look to Jesus not as just another great man or prophet, that many in the New Age would say or suggest that Christ might be. But in fact, we know Jesus as Son of God. This Annunciation establishes the foundation for this faith. So this is an extremely important point I think we need to understand. Secondly, we hear in this introduction to the Annunciation that Mary is already betrothed to Joseph. You realize, of course, betrothal is the formal engagement. And considering that, we can all appreciate the fact that this announcement of a pregnancy that's not conceived by Joseph would bring about major problems with her fiancé. And in Matthew's Gospel, we read that when Joseph heard that Mary was pregnant, he immediately made plans to divorce her quietly. It tells you something about the nature of betrothal. It was almost as if they were already committed in marriage to each other. But it tells you something about this alarming, disturbing news of Mary's pregnancy. 
And in Matthew's gospel, then the angel comes to Joseph. In other words, the annunciation happens to Joseph, where the angel says, no, it is by the Holy Spirit that Mary has conceived this child, and he is to be called Jesus, Son of God. So those are very important points that we need to understand as we try to take to heart now what the angel says. Because what I'm going to suggest is what the angel said to Mary, I hope we can believe and come to see the angel wants to say to us today. Upon arriving, the angel said, Rejoice, O highly favored daughter, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Those of us Catholics recognize the first part of the Hail Mary. Hail Mary, Ave Maria. Rejoice, Mary. O highly favored one. Favor there is the same word for grace, which is gift of God. The angel's announcing you are so full of, of God's goodness. God, and this is pure gift. It's not Mary's doing. It's just that she was so receptive and open to that gift, that grace. And the message is, the most beautiful message that any of us could ever hear, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Mary was deeply troubled by these words. I guess we would be too, wouldn't we? <laughs> if some angel appeared to us, we would be so amazed and, and wonder what these words meant. And so the angel went on to say to her, do not fear, Mary. It's always what God wants to say. And throughout his life, Jesus kept saying that. Don't fear. If anything stands in a way as a wall between God and us, it's fear. Fear, we keep distance from the Lord. Fear doesn't enable us to take to heart the words of the gospel. So Jesus says, do not fear to us. As the angel said it to Mary. You have found favor with God. Again, the angel repeats, trying to teach through repetition, huh? You have found favor. You have been blessed among all women. You have been chosen. You shall conceive and bear a son and give him the name Jesus. In Hebrew, that name Jesus means God saves us. Wow. A God-given name. The name represents the very mission of Jesus in this world. God saves us. And the angel goes on to say, Great will be his dignity. He will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of David his father. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever. And of his rule there will be no end. And it's so overwhelming. It's, as you could imagine, picture Mary. It's completely incomprehensible. I mean, she says, how can this be? I'm just a lowly country girl. I'm just a simple young lady. How can this be? And then realizing the significance of being impregnated by the Spirit, says, I do not know man. Of course, you understand no is the biblical euphemism for sexual intercourse. Suggesting this, this powerful sexual intimacy. I have not had any sexual relations with any man. So how can this come to be? And the angel said to her, well, it won't be your doing. It won't be Joseph's doing. The power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. 
Hence, the holy offspring to be born will be called Son of God. God the Father is the real Father of this Son. And so, we see again here a restatement of the divine origin of Jesus' conception and Jesus' life. He truly is the Son of God. Unlike any other time in human history then, we have a conception by the Holy Spirit. Now, you can imagine how much sense this would make to a young lady like Mary. How could she possibly understand this, much less the ramifications of all of this? But still, without understanding, she says, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be done to me as you say. And with that, the angel left her. It's interesting to look at Mary's life because from that first moment of Jesus' conception to the last breath of Jesus' life, Mary continually prays, let it be. We see this at her Annunciation, and we see this at the crucifixion. At the crucifixion, many of us can picture in our minds the beautiful statue of the Pietà. Do you know that Pietà is the Italian word for let it be? And when Mary held the body of her divine son, Jesus, after being so cruelly crucified, without ever understanding why, again she prayed, let it be. I would suggest that is the prayer of her heart throughout her life. That is her greatest virtue, that she trusted God so completely in the mystery of it all. And because of that, I would suggest that she is the best model of a disciple for us today. And we who want to live the Christian life, we would do well to look at her as an example and model for ourselves. I would also suggest that it's a wonderful point of the church's wisdom to present us this gospel the week before we celebrate the nativity of Jesus. Because it seems to me that the church is implying that if we want to truly come to understand the birth of Christ today in ourselves, then we would do well to understand how Mary first conceived the Christ child in her, because it's going to happen much the same way. Let me present it this way to you. Try this for a moment. Imagine in your own mind's eye the evangelist Luke coming and appearing to you. Keep in mind, the very word for angel is the same Greek word used for evangelist. Both are messengers. Now Luke comes and stands before us. Imagine Luke standing at this podium. And he appears before us today and greets us, much like any priest or minister would greet the people at the beginning of a service, saying, the Lord be with you. And as Luke says that, can you imagine feeling the sense of the Lord's presence? And then Luke says these words, that were said to Mary, Blessed are you among men and women. Rejoice, for I have some good news for you. That may make us worry a little. <laughs> like, wait a minute, 
maybe something's wrong with this picture. But Luke would want to assure us, as any messenger of the Lord, do not fear. Don't fear God. Don't be afraid. Don't stay at a distance. God has found favor with you. God favors you. God loves you. Can you believe that? Luke is up here as a messenger of God wanting to bring home this gospel, this good news. Can you believe God has found favor with you? And then he announces to us that Jesus wants to come and live in you this Christmas. Jesus wants to come and be born into our hearts spiritually in the same way that Jesus was born into Mary's womb physically. And we would respond, I would imagine, how can this be? How can this possibly be? Admitting and knowing our own spiritual poverty, our own inability. We would say, how can this be? I'm not that holy. How can, you're talking about, wait a minute, Jesus wants to come and live in me just the way he lived in Mary? Wait a minute, how can I possibly believe that? Luke would want to say the same to us when he said to Mary, nothing is impossible with God. All right, it's not you. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that will come upon you. It won't be because of what you do. It will be by God's doing. That's what grace is. God going to work in our lives. And so then, I would imagine, before Luke would leave us, he would leave us with these words. Well, do you believe it? Can you conceive it? That God will achieve it. Believe it? That you could conceive it? That God would achieve it? And so we can receive it this Christmas. If you can picture that, then you understand this gospel. I believe that the reason Luke is telling this story to his church yesterday and to the church today is because this is the message of Christmas. This is the gospel that we need to hear and understand and take to heart. That Jesus came into the world not to be born in some kind of vacuum out there, but right in here, born into every heart of every man and woman who would believe him and receive him. That is good news. And I believe one way, perhaps in my meditation, the best way that we could be encouraged to be open to that is by joining with Mary in praying for that, just as she did. Let it be, Lord. Mary, who was the first to believe and receive Christ, will teach us how to be impregnated by the Spirit into our life, into that part of our family that's so barren, that's so impossible, but in situation at work where, God, I've asked you to come, I can't imagine how you could come into this situation. I can't imagine how you can make a difference with this problem. And to ask and invite the Lord to come and to trust that that's what Jesus wants to do. Mary 
helps us now like a midwife, one who has already mothered and birthed this labor process that we need to go through with her, that we could allow the Lord to live so much in us and to grow in us just as the Christ child grew in the womb of Mary, that we then, like Mary, will come to share Christ with others. That's the miracle that God wants to work in all of our hearts. If we can understand that, if we can believe that, if we can conceive that, God will achieve that. And then the angel of the Lord would say to us, that angel who is that messenger, Luke, evangelist Luke, or that preacher, or that teacher of the gospel, would say to us, I think, as the angel said to Mary, blessed are you too among men and women. I would ask us to take a few moments and to quietly at first think about that posture of prayer that we need to assume in this next week. You know, we're coming into Christmas. Things are getting so hectic and busy, probably. And I think we need to find that place like Mary did where we can allow these words, which is the seed of God's life, huh? To really implant itself in our hearts so that this birth can happen in us. Amen. Thank you for listening to Father Jim's Gospel Teaching. We hope you have been inspired and will subscribe to this weekly podcast and share it with your family and friends. The mission of Heart to Heart is to proclaim the good news of God's Son, Jesus, to the entire world. For more inspirational teachings by Father Jim and Father Michael, visit our website, www.htoh.us. May God bless your heart and the hearts of all your loved ones.